Good evening, you're listening to Connecting the Host. This is a co-op and multiplayer focused podcast where we take a look at some of the greatest games to play with your buddies. So uh, I'm John and I'm joined today with Ben. And Hello. today, hey, and today we're going to be talking about Ib and Ob, a two-player cooperative game set in a puzzle-filled world where gravity goes both up and down. You can only succeed by working closely together. Find a friend for some true local co-op couch fun or match up online. Ibanob is available on Steam for £9 for a single copy, but you can actually grab two copies for £10.60, strange value, uh, and then you can share it with your friend, or you can splash out for a bit more and pay 12 quid, and then you get two copies and a copy of the soundtrack. Uh, it was originally released back in 2013 on the PS3 uh, and then came out on Steam in 2014. So it's quite old now. I, I guess you can probably still buy it on the PS3 if you're still rocking one of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who's got one of those nowadays? Uh, development started right back in 2008 though and the game's got a fairly interesting story behind it because it was part of someone's graduation project. And uh, it first appeared at an Indiecade in 2000. I think uh, 2009. 2010, I think. 2009, yeah. Like that. Um, so it's got a. I love those those stories of long histories about games that were started off with one guy at uni and then they they came out a few years later. Um, but yes, so we've both been playing it on our Uber gaming PCs. Even though this is a fairly fairly simple 2D game, we've throwing our 1080s at it because that's the thing we do. <laughs> uh, you also, also tried, tried it on your to- Mac, right? Yeah, I tried it on my Mac Pro, which again is with, with two, <laughs> two graphics cards is probably a bit overpowered for it. it, did, it, it just, did it keep up 60 FPS? Just just about. Just. <laughs> you could probably play it on the Switch. The Switch is probably powerful enough, maybe. Yeah. Actually, this would be a bloody good game for the Switch. They should they should do that. But uh, It would, yeah. That would have been a good uh, a good launch title when, they were, when it was well, yes. still a bit staffed, but when it came out, it would have been a great little, yeah. Play yeah, it it, it, actually... I, I, Strange that I only just thought of that now, but this game is actually perfectly suited to the Switch because you'd only need one copy and you get a Joy-Con each because that would be absolutely perfect. They should do. Why, why haven't they done that? Developers, <laughs> lazy yeah, one, one button control, adequate, adequate. Yeah, Jesus. would have been a good just idea. Do that anyway. Yeah, why don't you tell on, us a bit about Switch, the, so the core game, Ben? Yeah, so you, uh, you you basically you need two players. I mean, I'll talk about that in a second, but. Um, Each person's going to control a little character, the titular Ib or Ob, um, and they can basically move around and they can jump. That's it. That's all they do. There's just directions and jumping. Um, (laughs) You can play with the keyboard where there are only three buttons, left, right, and up for jump. So it's it's fairly simple. Um, Apparently the names Ib and Ob uh, are from a book called The Well of Lost Plots by Jasper Ford. It's Swedish, I don't know how you say it. Um, and they have to be lowercase because there's like some weird thing in the book where they have to earn their capital letters or something. It's huh. a, a bit strange, but it sounds cool, pretty cool. Yeah. It's a nice history again. Um, but this has nothing to do with that at all. They just took the name from it. Uh, this is basically a gravity-based platforming puzzler. Um, so 
kind of the best way I can describe it is it feels a little bit like a 2D portal, but a very specific bit of portal where you jump into the portal and you fly out of it quickly. And you have like all of those mechanics where you're, you know, tilting things to come out at just the right momentum and jumping off ledges slightly higher in order to get enough. Um, what's the phrase that you always used when we played it? Um, like conservation momentum. of momentum. Yeah, yeah precisely. To, to jump around the place. I guess uh, so the... 15... Uh, the... One really important thing to note it, uh, to mention early on is that the the game kind of revolves around a line, right, that goes along the middle of the screen, and it it's yeah. not necessarily just a straight line, but that's the point at which the gravity flips. So yeah. above it, gravity goes down, and below it, gravity goes up. In most instances, although there are <laughs> there are caveats to that, but there's basically fifteen different levels, um, and there's also eight hidden worlds. We, we didn't actually find any of them. The, the, are supposed to be quite a bit more difficult um, and from part of the trailer I saw showing one of them they, they certainly do look more difficult they had <laughs> different mechanics and stuff um, as you go along there are diamonds or gems or some sort of, I don't know what they are but you collect squares them. we called them <laughs> <laughs> we called them squares and we weren't quite sure if that was an error and there was some sort of transparency <laughs> that wasn't showing because they sort of look slightly frosted they're a bit weird yeah um, like poorly drawn particles there's a certain number of them on each level, like there might be like 420. Um, and when you finish the level, it'll show you how many you've collected out of the total, which is pretty cool. It gives you sort of a reason to go back and get more. Um, and the majority of these uh, you get from enemies, um, which you sort of defeat along the way. Uh, one of the interesting things is that you can use the right analog stick to draw a little smoke trail in order to explain to your co-op partner what you want them to do. Because obviously if you're playing online, against some random then it's going to be difficult to try and explain and, and even if you've got voice chat enabled it's tricky to sort of explain a concept to someone say like i'll oh, go over there jump down there and then you can mm. reverse round and go around so it's kind of nice to be able to draw as you're speaking about it which is a, a nice little sort of thing it's similar to the way that portal 2 does its co-op where you can point with like little flags and beacons and things and draw lines to sort of say where you want people to go and do um so yeah i, I couldn't imagine uh, playing with a random and just using that. That would be a bit no, of a stretch. But you're now and then it came useful for us when we're just saying, go here, where? Here. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, if you're not playing couch co-op, it's useful. I mean, mm. even if you're playing with someone like a friend with voice chat, it's still useful. Um, so <laughs> this is the interesting part. Whilst you really do want to play it with two people, it can be played by one person. Um, <laughs> I, I tested this myself on my Mac, um, and it was... Very, very difficult, but possible. Um, basically, you can use the keyboard uh, and you control one character with WASD, um, or more accurately, WAD, um, and the <laughs> other character with the direction arrows. Um, and so you can do it, but it's not very enjoyable. But if you, you know, you're a masochist or you play the game in co-op and love it and really want to try it on your own, um, I'm sure there must be a video on YouTube of someone speed running it. Just yeah, I just think you the same thing. Must be, but um, it's <laughs> for the price difference nine pounds or like just under eleven pounds. You definitely want to spend the just under eleven pounds and yeah. give a copy to a friend to play. Uh, which you is must how have I got one my copy. Steam, right, one friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there is an option to play with a random person online, um, and I tried this, um, and there was nobody there, which is not a great surprise <laughs> because the game is uh, over three years old at this point, um, and I don't think there's people just sitting around waiting to 
Okay. I, I like to imagine that there is, that there's one guy who's been waiting for a game for two and a half years or something, and he's been sat there, and he just went and made a cup of tea as I came online. And it's like, game bound! <laughs> Press A to join. But, he's probably um, playing Rocket League on one screen, and he's just got another screen there with Ibn on, and it's just like, oh man, now I need to quit the best match of my life. No, no, can't do it. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of like a basic overview of, of the core stuff. Um, John, I'll, I'll let you talk about the puzzles because it's more your bag with all the physics and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first thing that grabbed me, and I, and I really liked it, was the... I mean, just the feel of the physics, right? But, I mean, the fact that the, the puzzles are, generally speaking, physics, mostly physics-based, a little bit of timing. Um, and I think... You've mentioned this a couple of times, and I and I agree. It has a very portal-like feeling to it, with the bits mm. where you're jumping through, you're setting some portals up, and you're jumping through a hole, and then popping out of another one to get the height to go somewhere. And um, and there were a lot of puzzles, especially the earlier on ones. They get more complicated as you get through, obviously, um, where you jump down through a portal, and there's no air resistance or anything. So I mean, the the full conservation of momentum the phrase i like for this game um so if you go down 200 pixels when you go through a hole when you're going back through it because if the holes are obviously on the the kind of zero plane where the gravity switches if you jump in from one side and go down 200 pixels you'll come up and out exactly 200 pixels and you can do that indefinitely uh which makes for a nice um you you can kind of judge quite early on whether you're high enough to jump through the hole and come out the other side and get enough uplift to maybe make it to a ledge which you couldn't reach before. Mm. Um, and then there's the element of jumping on top of each other so you can give each other like a little boost. And we, again, early on fell into the trap quite often where you think, ah, you can bump me up here and then you can come up here. But once you've bumped someone else up there, you're you sort of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guy is just running off going, doo, I'm done now. Um, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, and then I like the fact that you had to split up and quite often you would spend time on each side of the line and then you could you could use that to solve the, solve the puzzles and the camera would zoom out to accommodate if you went really far apart. So that was quite nice. Um, there's the kind of concept. This is hard to describe, but there's a, a few things in the game which was hard to figure out that they were interactable to start with, right? Um, yeah. For instance, the the gravity well bubbles, I guess, as we call them, uh, yeah. which are the one-use bubbles in the air. When you jump to them, they kind of the midpoint of that bubble sucks you in with some yeah. gravity, so you can get some. If you jump into the bottom, say, and then move to the right, it will sort of swing you up. So you can get some uplift. Um, but then it pops slightly afterwards. So you sort of get a little bit. So you might jump into it to let you get up higher to a ledge. Almost like it sort of almost gives you like a double jump mechanic or triple jump mm. in this case. But then you have to be quick because otherwise it pops. And so you have to <laughs> jump into it and then you swing up and then jump out of it quick enough. Otherwise you, you fall back down to earth. I mean, you don't take any damage or anything. There's nothing like that in yeah. this game. Like you can you know, face plant yourself quite badly and <laughs> everything's fine. Got your trusty portal boots. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I remember. Then this is a complete aside, but I watched the um, developer commentary of Portal. You can go through and uh, like they have these little markers everywhere where they give you like a voiceover mm. from various people. And at the very beginning, the first thing you do is you a portal gets created in front of you, and you look through it, and you can see yourself um, <laughs> from the side. 
um, and they explain like, oh, it's so you can, you know, you don't create the border, you see it. it's the first time you see yourself, blah, blah, it's so important. And um, one of the things that people said in testing was that how does she not just die when she falls from the ceiling and like you don't hit a portal, you just hit the floor. <laughs> and they, So then they came up with this concept of adding these little things to her boots that look mm. like springs. So it's like, oh yeah, that you know that, that stops her. It's like some futuristic <laughs> thing. And so we, this point's really important because then you can see them and then the user understands why she doesn't die when she falls. And I was like, I was looking at thinking, how fucking cool is it that I can see myself through a portal? This game's yeah, amazing. Yeah. And then I ran through it. I had no concept of the fact that she's got struts on her feet. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> but I love the fact that they thought so hard about it and thought, that's the way of showing people that's how she doesn't die because you can see her feet now. It's the one time <laughs> that you get a really clear shot of them. It's like, no, no not right. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, do go on. No, no, that's the level of detail detail I would expect from the portal team. So I, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's I like the fact there's a lot of different. I always say the word variety, and when it pops up positively in a game, I I like to shout about it. And there's a lot of varieties you go through. It's not the same old puzzles over and over. So there's these like little weird creatures in the background which you can you can hop on top of and use them as ledges. And sometimes you need to use them to get the extra momentum to go through the hole and get the extra height. Uh, you kind of end up with some almost slingshotting around, right? As you go around in circles sometimes to get yeah. the momentum you need to go through holes. And then there's certain doorways that only one or other character can pop through. So a green and a pink, and the characters are conveniently coloured green and pink as well. Uh, and you can only go through the your own coloured door. So that forces you to get down certain paths and split up at certain times. Um, I guess we haven't talked about the enemies yet. And for the most part, the enemies are incredibly dangerous on one side of the line. A big black spiky ball quite often of varying sizes. Mm. Uh, but on the other side is almost their heart, a little white glowing orb. And all you have to do is touch that side to kill them. So sometimes that requires you going all the way, like both of you jumping past a whole bunch of enemies with some clever timing, just so you can get to the other side. But quite often... If you can propel the other player to the right position, uh, then they can kill the bad guys before or as you're getting there, which is nice. Yeah. The annoying um, thing about it, though, is that if you kill the enemy, uh, you, you obviously kill it from the one side that you can kill it from, but its treasure that it drops goes mm. out the other side. So ideally, you want to have one person on each side so that as one person kills it, the other person picks up the treasure. And the treasure is quite nice because it pops out as like a big ball. And if you catch that big ball, you get like all 10 pieces. But if it hits the floor before you get to it, they smash and then the 10 pieces scatter everywhere. And then after a few seconds, they disappear. And obviously, mm. you want to get them all because at the end of the level, it'll show you how many you got. I mean, you don't do anything with them. I mean, you just want them because they're there. But, but if you want to 100% the game... Yeah, uh, I felt a lot more that, satisfied when I was able to catch them before they smacked yeah. into the ground. Because it's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like if you timed the jumps perfectly, so you jumped and killed it, and then I jumped and caught its thing, that's it pretty fun. Yeah, like you say, satisfying is the right word. And, and the whole uh, catching those little diamonds is satisfying. And they break out and you panic a little bit, hoping they don't fade away before you collect them. And like you say, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But, I mean, we were never probably going to 100 percent it unless we made a you know a strong effort to do it i'm sure we could uh, but yeah. you probably end up replaying whole levels just to get that one enemy which is a pain near the end so i don't think it'd be really much fun um and then there's the 
you mentioned this as well earlier, but the there's eight different secret levels in the game. Uh, we didn't actually find any of them, right? So <laughs> <laughs> we thought um, we, we thought we could see where one was, but we couldn't work out how to get to it. So we yeah, we did spend a good like five minutes jumping around that area like madmen until we yeah. went. Eh, maybe there isn't one here. Not sure. <laughs> Platform hidden behind a cloud or something. I think yeah. it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it um, was. So we've only seen these in the in the media footage, but there's a. Uh, there's one where everything is black, right? And uh, you're only lit up. You, you illuminate the areas close by you, so it's much harder to to get through that level. And I presume all eight of those hidden levels have equal levels of uh, twisted difficulty to make it tough, I, which would have been I an interesting be, challenge if we found one. I could be wrong about this, but my understanding is that uh, the two guys that developed this game got other developers to do those rooms mm-hmm. like either to build them or to design them maybe so i think each room is made by a different indie developer i could be wrong about that but i'm pretty sure that's what i read or there's something like a, a, a different developer for each room had an input into the mechanical something to do with it i don't know oh, how much cool. or what they did but they are supposed to all be very different um obviously wow. built on the same world but they might just have one mechanic that makes it different so like the room that I saw that's just completely black and you're a light going round. I mean, that's quite a big twist on the main game. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool idea. I'd be interested to maybe go back and try and find them. I mean, I might use like a walkthrough just to show me where they are and then play through each one. But um, it might be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, I could picture us doing that if we can pry our twisted fingers away from the controller of Rocket League for a, for another evening. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Well, it's like shall, we, um, shall we do uh, our likes and dislikes then? Yeah, definitely. Do you want to kick them off? Good. I'll kick them off. Um, I mean, we've talked about it, but I mean, I, I love the fact that this is very much one of the nicest bits of Portal in a fun indie 2D game. Um, there was actually, I, I seem to remember back in 2009, someone built a version of Portal as a 2D platformer in Flash. You remember Flash? Hmm. Um, and and, uh, that was really fun it was such a great game as a 2D platformer because it it worked really well you don't need the 3D for it it works perfectly well as 2D you had all the gravity stuff and obviously that game had like the full portal stuff so you had laser turrets and all that sort of stuff that this doesn't but I really like the mechanics of jumping through gravity and bouncing up and down because it makes it really satisfying when you nail it once you once you've worked it out and you jump and you sort of arc round and then swing up and then you're there it's ah oh, so good so yeah I, I really liked it it's, um it's a lot of fun because there was a period of time especially on the app store where there was loads of games that had like gravity mechanics loads of games on the app store where you'd like be an endless runner where you'd run along a platform and then you'd tap to switch gravity or something like that mm, and you'd do this yeah. kind of thing and then get more and more difficult with spikes and stuff and you'd have to like arc around and you were manually flipping gravity and they all seem to have disappeared that you don't <laughs> seem to get many of those that use gravity as a mechanic at the moment um, i'm sure that'll change uh, but yeah i really enjoy that i love gravity puzzles so big plus from me yeah i agree really uh really satisfying when you do a puzzle and that's the whole game has good, got a good I'm going to call it a tension heartbeat I think that's a good oh, like a mm. you know oh this is an interesting puzzle and then you solve it it's like yeah solve the puzzle and then another one takes two or three minutes solve that one too yeah badass it's got a good yeah. uh, flip flopping back and forth so 
Uh, I'm just going to jump straight onto a tech issue and just say the the networking worked flawlessly for us. That was really good. Yeah. I know we've both got good, good, solid, strong connections, but it was. Uh, I don't think once I really realised I was playing it online. You could have been local, not at all. Yeah, apart absolutely. From, uh, not having your beautiful face next to me. Ah, <laughs> we could have FaceTimed. <laughs> we'll FaceTime next time. Uh, yeah, yeah so no lags. No, nothing like that. And that's impressive for a game when you have such crucial timing between the two of you as well. Like uh, a bit of lag would kill it. It would be yeah. unplayable with lag. Um, because you're jumping on top obviously. of each other and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I liked the soundtrack. I mean, I, I say that about every game we play, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but this one has got a uh, sort of a melodic uh, electronica soundtrack. It's sort of it doesn't really get in the way, but it's nice background. Like it's, um, I, I'm quite tempted to actually buy the DLC to get the um, uh, the, the soundtrack because um, mm. it's sort of just like a nice gentle background thing that you you're not really aware of it, but it's just nice and calming. Um, it's not annoying and irritating as platforming puzzle games often can be with their music. Um, yeah. So yeah, really nice. Uh, I can't remember the artist. I want to say Kettle, <laughs> but like not <laughs> not, not spelt like Kettle as in uh, that you boil water in, but like Kettle like Vettel, the uh, <laughs> Formula One driver. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Pretty I, sure. Uh... <laughs> Melodic it's electronica. Good. That's better than my uh, my mental description, which is like plinky plonky. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's good. So um, I overall like the, I'm going to say world design, the creatures and the the things that populated the world. And one thing I really liked, and it's it's just a, a silly little addition, but I always love these little touches that both flesh out the world and make it more fun to be in the in the the environment. And that are these little tiny creatures that are just spheres with eyes, and you can uh, you can kick them around, and they're usually in little clumps, like little clusters of them. And if you jump on right on top of them, then you squish them, yeah. uh, and you feel a bit sad because you squish something, you know. And it's uh, it's just a lovely little world, and I like the fact that it took us a little while the first time we saw one of the creatures in the background, which you can actually jump on as a ledge. It's like, oh, that's nice. Um, and the art, I mean, the art isn't. Uh, itself isn't something to to write home about in terms of it oh super high quality but it's just mm. nice i think yeah. it's a, a nice world to explore i mean it wouldn't hold up to 50 hours of looking at it with your eyes i don't think but for the length of the game it's it's really nice yeah i'd agree with that those little ball things the, the fun thing about that is that it's just never explained there's no reason mm. for it it's just there <laughs> but you do feel bad when you squash them it's like oh why did i do that <laughs> Because you don't get anything for it. I think that's the thing. Like if, the, if they had like diamonds in them or something, you'd be like, oh, fair enough. But there's yeah. nothing. It's just there. And, it's like, and you oh. kick them around sometimes by accident <laughs> yeah. and they remind you that they're there. That's nice. But... That's good. Um, I like the fact that it's very, very simple to get started. Um, like It's minimalist, not in the sense necessarily of the design, although that is to a degree, but more the fact that it's one button to pick up and play. Mm. Like It's literally analog stick left and right and jump. Like it's, it's so simple. There's no UI. It doesn't have like a tutorial saying move left and right with the analog stick, press A to jump. It doesn't even tell you what to do. It just goes, there you go, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> um, and you sort of you realize you, you know you've got to the end of a stage, not because it has like a big like finished banner and fireworks, but because there's weird platformy type people that you meet are just sort of stood having a little dance. And when you get near them, you start dancing as well. And then like a little number appears 
over another number to show you how many of the diamonds <laughs> you picked up. And then you continue walking right, and the next level starts. It's just a seamless transition. Mm. And I liked that. I, I appreciate a game that respects its audience enough to know that you don't need hand-holding to a ridiculous degree. Like It could be very easy with a game like this to really patronise people with, this is how gravity works, but it doesn't it just lets you get on with it, which I appreciate. And I, yeah, definitely, um, that level of exploration was nice when you first pick it up. It's like, what can I do? You start pushing buttons, and there's one button. Okay, jump. And you, once can... you found that, you start jumping around the world, and you figure out the rules very quick, but you figure them out yourself, and that's nice. Even things like the enemies, they don't tell you, like, oh, by the way, that, 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 that'll kill you. You just walk mm. into it and you die and you go, oh shit. And then you go, what's that white thing the other side of it? Oh, that kills it. Interesting. Now I know how to kill enemies. It's, it's nice. It's just, uh, and we're here to ruin all that exploration for you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, um, just last little comment on the on the nice side. It's, um, it's nice that you can look back over your previous progress and see the total number of diamonds or gems or <laughs> as you put carefully in the notes whatever the fuck they are <laughs> and um, and then you can jump into each world as you pick so you can go back and hunt those well I say hunt I guess you start each stage from fresh but you uh, yeah. if you are trying to 100% it or find the hidden worlds you can go back and, and do that uh, and the menu is quite nice isn't it for loading those those save games. Yeah, I, the, the nice thing about it is you've got the Steam cloud save, obviously, it's all built in. Um, so when I started up on my Mac, obviously, when we played it, we never saw any of that stuff because no. we just went straight in um, and the game starts and then off you go. But when you come back to it, you end up in this place that's called Limbo and there's literally just doorways with each world mm. in it. Um, and then you walk through it and then you start at the beginning of that level and once you get to the end of the level you just seamlessly progress into the next one and the next one and the next one but I like that you can go back I like that it shows you how many of the collectibles you're missing so yeah. you can see which ones you didn't finish um, it's not. It's just It's the sort of thing that you shouldn't have to say that you like it because it should be obvious it should be in every game but so many games do this poorly that it's nice to see it attention to detail I think is sort of the key like from this game is that a lot of thought has gone into it um, and a lot of decisions have been made to make it interesting to the player but not patronisingly simple um, and yeah. so I like that stuff it's good let's move on to the things that we uh, liked a little bit less perhaps yeah. um, it's not Rocket League so you know yeah, a major dislike, dislike from me <laughs> there was no, no magic no double jump to I rocket jump I couldn't play as a fire mage, so that annoyed me. <laughs> it's always something. So, um, the death mechanic, I mean, it's not a huge gripe, but the um, the death mechanic was always a little bit frustrating. And it, I think, oh, I don't know if there was really a way around it, but ultimately when one of you died, you you knew a few seconds later your pop was coming too, so you were both going to die at the same time. So yeah. uh, you might have done an epic jump over all the bad guys. Uh, and then you see your your companion a little bit behind you just get caught on a spike, and you're like, oh, no, now I have to do it again as well. Um, and I guess alongside that was the death mechanic, and I, I get that this is part of the the difficulty in 100%ing it, but uh, if you died and you missed some gems, the next time you killed the bad guy, even if you collected none of them, he wouldn't drop any. So if you are trying to 100% all the levels and get all the gems, diamonds, whatever, then... Um, 
you know, a single death is probably going to throw you right off, which I guess is, is the point. But at the same time, yeah. when you have to do the whole level again, it's a bit frustrating. So, Especially because there's no like save mechanic halfway through. You can't like quick save before a difficult part and mm. then reload back, which would be nice <laughs> for that stuff, I guess. But it's fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I guess the reason that they had to do that is because there are probably situations you could get into where one of you has helped the other up and then they can't get back. They, yeah. Like, so if you respawned back at the beginning of that puzzle and I didn't, then maybe you wouldn't be able to get back to where you were without me coming back anyway. And that would be more of a hassle for me. So they just made the decision to kill you each time. But it is frustrating. I think it, I think it makes sense. And I think it is a natural constraint of the game design. So I yeah. don't know how they could have fixed it, but that, that's not my... <laughs> it's not my job. My job is just to say it's a little bit frustrating. Our job is to be critical. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, the only negative I had really is that some of the puzzles, especially at the beginning, were so simple that we overthought them. <laughs> so we started trying to do really wacky shit like, okay, we got a gravity slingshot around there, spin round, do that, do that. And why can't we solve that? And we're looking at it going, why can't we do this? And they'd be like, oh, well, there's that ledge there. Just jump up there. <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay. This is what you were saying earlier about the backgrounds, not realising that the little characters were actually, you could jump on them and that they weren't mm, going to kill yeah. you or that they were not just part of the background. They were actual physical ledges you could use. Um, so a, a very, very minor gripe, really, yeah. um, in the grand scheme of things. Cool. Uh, I'm going to move on to the comments now. And there's a, it's mostly a comment, a tiny bit of dislike in here, but the... Um, the the settings are very plain and simple. I mean, you know, which is totally fair enough and and expected from a such a small team game. But one thing that was slightly annoying was playing it on our ultra wide monitors. The screen was still constrained to standard ra- ratios, and the whole window was just stuck to the left of my screen, <laughs> so I could see a bunch of desktop on the right. Um, and I guess I played it that way and it didn't really bother me too much. But you know, now that we are part of the ultra-wide master race, it bears comment oh, when uh, something doesn't I meant quite... To, I was thinking, did it? I don't remember that. And you were right, it did on the PC. On the Mac, it works flawlessly on my ultra-wide monitor. Huh. I played How it weird. in full ultra-wide on my, uh, on my Mac. But on Windows, it didn't. It, I, and I remember because I went in and I changed my... Uh, because we've both got 3440 by 1440 monitors. Hmm. And so I had to change mine to 2160 by 1440 so that we got black bars both sides rather than having it left aligned, as you said. But on the Mac, it just worked completely widescreen, 3440 by 1440. That so is really weird. weird. <laughs> Maybe it's something strange in the NVIDIA Mac driver leading the way. Or, yeah. It could be anything, right? Like Windows 10. I guess the game yeah. hasn't been updated for windows 10 it doesn't need it i guess but maybe that's a a hangover of that but but yeah i mean uh that was a bit of a shame but it wasn't a deal breaker especially for such a, a small cute little game yeah uh and yeah it's kind of cool that you could play it with a two player with a keyboard if you wanted to really go old school uh, and it i played it with a controller and it worked fine so it was uh you could play locally with a plethora of ways if you have a pc at home so the only comment I've got is um, one of the things that we like when we're, we're doing these games because we obviously review a lot of 
very, very different games, is when it's an indie developer, I like to sort of have a look and see what else they're doing and their story and stuff. And you, you sort of touched on how they started off as a, a graduation project. So the game's actually made by two Dutch indie developers, um, and their company name is Sparpweed. <laughs> Which I, I don't know the origin of that. Um, but the thing I wanted to bring up is that they have another multiplayer game that's currently in early access um, that's called Chalo Chalo. Uh, C-H-A-L-O. Um, and it's big described... C's or little C's? <laughs> a big C's for this one. Oof. They've upgraded. Um, and it's described as a really slow racing game for three to eight players. Um, <laughs> and it seems... I, I had a look at it. And it seems really, really cool and interesting if I had two other friends local to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the nice thing about it is that you can... So it's basically like a game where you... As it says, a slow racing game, but you um, you have to like plan your moves well in advance because they won't execute for a long time after you've sent mm. the command. And so you're driving along trying to bash people and stuff. Um, but the cool thing is because you're like, how do you play eight players local? Like, that sounds crazy. Um, even three players local would be a pain in the ass. Um, and the reason is that you can use an Android or iOS device to move your character. So mm-hmm. as a party game, you can put it on the TV and you can use controllers if you've got them plugged in, but you can just use iPhones or Android to do it. Um, and I really oh, cool. like that. It sounds like a really, really interesting party game, one that I'd potentially like to uh, do a podcast on if we can find another friend uh, and... Uh, be local, because <laughs> obviously yeah. you're in Maybe Sweden, the next so time we have it, a, a gaming difficult. getaway, we can make sure we play it. Yeah, that sounds cool. But anyway, I'll check it out. So if, you, if you're interested in that, it's a Chalo Chalo. So it's a sounds interesting. Same developers. Nice. Good find. I approve. So um, my last comment is is mostly just around the, the cooperative nature, and it's perfect for two players where you know the other person. But I think you'd probably have a bit of a problem playing this if you just bought it on your own and expect them to find a random online to play with i, I wouldn't do that but the main thing i wanted to say is i think the game is very accessible so um while you you would want to play it with someone else i think you could probably convince because it's not too long it's very easy to pick up and play you could probably convince a what i would say is a non-gaming partner friend yeah. you know brother sister nephew or something you could probably convince them to pick up a controller and, and just play this at your house for a couple of hours and that would be you get a lot of fun out of it so i think i it's think the really the accessible best comparison, like the best comparison for that is it's snipper clips it's mm. basically that kind of level uh where snipper clips is fun and easy and can be played with non-gaming friend even though it does have a few bits where you have to think laterally about physics shapes and weird stuff um so might not be great with like a a four-year-old or a five-year-old or something but you know above that you're going to be fine you don't need to be a a gamer as you say but yeah sort of similar similar curve and difficulty as to snipper clips i'd say that kind of thing yeah i'd probably probably say slightly easier than snipper clips like yeah yeah well that's just because it kicked our ass at that liquid level as we discussed on a previous episode (laughs) But um, not saying that necessarily the, the end puzzles are easier, but just the, the accessibility is super. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to think too deep. You just have to explore the world enough and you'll get through it eventually, I think. Yeah. It's how quick you can do the puzzles, not whether you can do them. So That's true. Um, 
Cool, so we uh, come to our usual conclusion where we ask ourselves two questions. First of all, would we play it again? Benjamin? Uh, I would. I would. I would like to play it in actual local co-op. I think we'd have a lot of fun mm. doing that after a few drinks. Maybe sit down, get a game guide to find where these secret rooms are, and maybe bash through a few of those uh, locally. I think I would definitely do that. Yeah, I agree. I um, I could even picture... I wouldn't want to invest too long on it, but if we had a few beers and met up in person, I could picture either trying to 100% it and or trying to do the secret levels. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we did either of those, I'd probably then be done, but that's also fine because... It's a cheap game. If we get a couple of good nights out of it, that's fine. Yeah, it's um, the same as, as Toth, Toth, Thoth, whatever yeah, it was, yeah. where you want to get through it once, but then be done with it. <laughs> yeah, especially because you can buy one copy of this and, and play it locally. So if you're going to have a drinking night with a friend and just want oh, yeah, something to play. Yeah, you can you save yourself pound sixty yeah. and just buy a single <laughs> copy, tight bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Suits me fine, <laughs> Um, so final question would you recommend it I certainly would to anyone that wants a a good co-op game to play with a friend yeah great me too uh, I'd have to say like I said a minute ago I recommend it fully if you have someone to play it with Um, one other person just find one other person and make them your friend for two or three hours and enjoy it they don't need to be your friend afterwards that's fine so (laughs) Cool. So, uh, thanks so much just, for listening. Just jump off the fucking ledge. Get down the gravity well. <laughs> I don't it's want not to hard. Play with you anymore, Ben. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's not fucking hard. <laughs> the, the divorce maker. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. So they should bring this to Switch. That's that's definitely yeah, my, uh, my absolutely. Final comment. They should definitely uh, bring it to the Switch. Definitely. I anyhow, might even so, um, Twitter them and say when you're bringing it to Switch. <laughs> Stop like, playing what? this chalo chalo thing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh thanks ever so much for listening. Uh please check out our website, www.connectingtohost.co.uk where you can find over twenty other episodes organized by episode number and game now. Oh yeah, we're getting fancy. Uh you can also we'd love to hear from you on Twitter at CTHcast. Tell us what you think of the episode. If you didn't get on with a game that we liked or vice versa, then we'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like to suggest some games for us to play in the future, then uh, we're always open for suggestions of things that might draw us away from the Rocket League. Uh, And if you do like the show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it and it really helps. So thanks again for listening and have a great week.